day and welcome to the Reds Mad Podcast. This is episode six for September 21st, 2016. Uh, my name is Jevin Phillips and joining me today is Quinn Ruji Ridgeway. And Quinn, we're only like eight days away from the world championships. Yeah, man, I couldn't be more excited. I feel like this is going to be one of the most exciting worlds yet. I really, yeah, dude, like, I'm really so pumped. Yeah, I'm really interested and curious to see the regions and how they collide together, seeing how big of a failure Chinese was, the Chinese region was, and seeing how the Western region looks very strong right now. I'm very curious. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely excited. So let's just get right into the news. I mean, we're looking at, uh, I guess the biggest thing is that there was a new champion, Ivern, released. Uh, We'll get on to the Friendly Tree of the Jungle later, but there's some uh, new skins, and it looks like all of the predictions from, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a Reddit post of this guy predicting all of these Star Guardian skins and also the Candy King skin for the new champion, Ivern, and he predicted Elementalist Lux as the ultimate skin for this year. So there's definitely some things to look forward to. Yeah, I, I, all everything's come true so far except for the Elementalist Lux skin, but just seeing how everything else has come true... We could probably expect to see that coming up soon. Yeah, for sure. I really like these new Star Guardian skins, uh, but we'll get into them a little bit later. As far as actual things that are being done by Riot, there's a new board game called Mechs vs. Minions, and it looks to be some sort of tactical card game. There's a, a whole rundown on the uh, on the like official Riot website that you guys can look at. Um, I'll put that in the show notes but it looks pretty cool i really like all the little miniatures that they've made for the different characters like the ziggs miniature looks very very nice yeah the coolest thing that i've seen about this game is that it looks like you don't play against each other it's like a two to four player game where you play kind of against the board you know you're yeah it's cooperative which is a really interesting design space for board games to go into that's really original i haven't seen very many board games do that at least successful ones so i yeah there are a couple but it's it's usually not um like super widely received but with all these league fans out there you know i definitely think this will get some uh, traction so uh let's move on there's actually something kind of i don't know if it's sad or funny but there was a Competitive ruling on Trindamir. Mark Merrill, the CEO of Riot, again, cannot keep his name out of the news somehow. Apparently, all the way back in Season 2, he ELO-boosted. He paid... Uh, I, don't, I don't have the name of the, uh, the pro in here. He paid some pro to ELO-boost him, which is funny because, I mean, he works for the company, and as Riot stated back then, they have control over the back end. He could be any rank he wanted to so it's a little bit weird i guess in solidarity he did donate like ten thousand dollars or something he quote unquote fined himself uh but i don't know it's just a little ridiculous in my opinion that this stuff keeps happening with trindamir yeah it's it's kind of a a joke in my opinion like uh, people were saying oh but he owned he's on the board of the uh the charity that he's donating money to, it's still corrupt. I don't even care at this point. I just want Riot to put out some different news. I want the World world Championship to get underway and be good. And uh, hope that this stupid... St- Trinomir just needs to get like a PR representative to just manage <laughs> everything that he says. Like, for Christ's sake. I think, like, we, holy all, shit. I think we all need a PR representative. <laughs> for sure. 
So, I mean, moving on to another kind of sad thing from Riot, to be honest, is that Monty and Doa will not be attending Worlds. Monty got no invitation. Doa declined, you know, out of solidarity, it looks like. And they're both going to be casting Overwatch. So if you want to see them play some over or uh, cast some Overwatch, uh, like the professionals playing Overwatch now, uh, you can definitely watch them over on OGN, but they won't be at Worlds for League of Legends. So that's a little sad for me. Yeah, this is really unfortunate for somebody like me or somebody like you who's been watching Worlds for uh, a few years now. And they, they really are um, characters that you want there. They really make the experience something to remember. And the fact that they're not going to be there is a little bit heart-wrenching. Yeah, and I mean, they were always sort of, like, as far as Monty goes, he was always devil's advocate on the stage, you know? He's like, the Korean hype train, and he would wave his little flag and stuff. And you, you always saw that he was sort of an outsider as compared to the other uh, casters. Right. And now he's really an outsider because he wasn't invited because he didn't, uh, Riot didn't like what he said. Right, he always know? represented the OGN region. And so now that the Korean region isn't going to be represented by Monty uh, or Doa this year, they hired some replacements. I can't remember who the second person is, but I know that Last Shadow was somebody they brought on. Well, that's pretty good. I do think I do think LS is really good. Like I like I like him a lot. I think he's very smart. He's also very opinionated, so that's going to bring some nice flavor to the desk, at right. least in my opinion. Um, so. Yeah, there's just a lot of, like, bad things that happened this week, I guess. <laughs> if we go on to our next story, the coach of Cloud9, Reapered, he was hacked. And it was probably, like, as far as we know, a malicious hacker who dislikes the West or is trying to get Western teams, like, to get their scrims canceled with Eastern teams due to, like, all the controversy. I personally think this is, like, really dumb and people need to get their social media accounts, passwords, and all that stuff on lock because it's really... It's put a lot of egg on the, like, for lack of a better term, put a lot of egg on the uh, Western region's faces, you know? Like, all these uh, scrims getting leaked and, like, um, Reaper was hacked and just all this stuff. Like, I, I definitely think it will make Eastern teams wary to even want to scrim with uh, Western teams in case their stuff gets leaked. Yeah, that's, that's a worry for sure. But I think something to remember is that these are world-class teams and world-class organizations. And even if they do get hacked, and even if they do get their stuff, uh, their scrims leaked and all of that, they're still able to overcome and persevere because that's how they got to Worlds in the first place. Like, well, yeah, let's hope it's not another die at right, you know, season I, two Worlds I, scenario for a team. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that it won't be. Or uh, what was that one guy that went up and saw the, I know their secret weapon is they're going to play this on the bottom. Oh, 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 what was his name? The the Chinese analyst guy. Uh, Tab, who, was it Tabs? Ta- Tabe, Tabe. That's what it was. Tabe. He gets up there and he says, "I know exactly what they're gonna play. Yeah. If they do this, they'll we'll, they'll play Hecarim." He starts and saying, yeah, he not- starts totally <laughs> naming all the strategies and everyone casts yeah, his like, uh, bro, you wanna stop?" And then, like 15 minutes later, they pick exactly what he was saying. It's like, oh, that's a little bad. So yeah, I guess it's both on the eastern and western side. This uh, this kind of stuff. As far as something good. That happened. Uh, Riot announced that there's going to be a lot of scripting suspensions coming up, and I don't know if you guys have seen the video of Grave just like hyper speeding around the map with his uh, E, his quick draw, his little dash. He can just like use it infinitely, auto like crazy. It's yeah, from what I extremely seen, obnoxious. From what I've seen, about five separate videos now, and the first one was on the Brazilian server, and the rest of them have been on the North American server. 
And all of them have been, it seems like every time Grace Church goes for an auto attack, he does the dash. Um, but that, I'm so, I, that's just a similar thing I've seen. Just spamming his E. It looks like, like a third party download, a cheat of some sort. Yeah, it, it has to be some sort of script, but it's definitely an exploit that's going on. And I mean, it's definitely healthy for the game to get rid of these guys. I don't like playing against people that are cheating. I already have enough people on my team screaming at me. I don't need any more like depressing reality of, oh, I, this is impossible to win this game because this guy has infinite autos and stuff like that. But, I mean, I haven't encountered it personally, but I've definitely encountered people that are doing fishy things with scripts before. I haven't encountered this specific Graves one, but it's definitely annoying to run into. Yeah. All right, well... Uh, let's just move on to the meta shift as far as the champions that are coming in and out of meta right now. Um, we're going to highlight some champions in each uh, category that are on the rise right now. So let's just swing it up to the top of the map and start with the top lane. So we saw it last patch, and we, we predicted that Jace, with his buff to his ultimate, now it's an AD ratio instead of an AP ratio, every time he form switches, we, we definitely thought he would be seeing play, and we're seeing him a lot in the top lane. He's very strong. I personally have been destroyed by a couple of Jaces. Uh, I don't know if he needs to be tuned back, but I'm definitely excited to see him in Worlds because he'll be a powerhouse for sure. Jace has always been a skill champion, and he's always been able to obliterate his opponent early and then snowball, make him a really huge snowball factor. And I think when you bring him at the top level of competitive, like at Worlds, you do see the flashiest of flashy plays. Mm-hmm. It'll definitely be exciting. And... This is this is interesting. Uh, too bad that it didn't make it um, into the patch itself. But there was a there's a buff on uh, Singed Poison where it's gonna tick four times uh, instead of once per second. But uh, we do see a small like uh, he's rising quite a bit in the top lane right now, just on uh, six eighteen itself. So we might see a return for Singed in World. I know it was sad uh, last year when we didn't see Singed for the first time. I don't know. Cross your fingers. It might be brought out. Yeah. And then uh, another champion that's really, really OP right now. Top of the win rates. Not the best top liner, but still very strong lane bully is Quinn. Yeah, Quinn is kind of like a pocket pick, I think, if she's going to be used at Worlds. There's not going to be too many people bringing her out, but the people that will will be consistent. Um, yeah, and it's a, it's a really good counter against certain matchups, so I think we'll only really see it as a counter pick. Yeah. Like, I don't think it'll be first picked ever. As far as just regular solo queue, though, the mobility is just genius. The way you're able to get around the map, be everywhere at all times. And yeah, and you buy you buy Duskblade for 5% movement speed, you buy Shiv for 7% movement speed, and then you're zooming around the map and you don't even have boots yet. Yeah, that's uh, probably the most mobile champion in the game. Yeah, so let's uh, move on to the jungle, and all three of these champions are actually pretty mobile. Um... And we're seeing rises of all of them. So Lee Sin, with his buff to his W, he's just going to become stronger. He can build more greedily in his runes. He can take Thunderlords instead of Strength of the Ancients. Uh, and we're seeing a lot of him in solo queue and a lot of him in the Korean boot camps. Some people chalk that up to just low ping in Korea, play Lee Sin. But I definitely think we'll see him at Worlds for certain junglers who are good with him. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah, and then another champion that is interesting that we're seeing again, but all it took was some nerfs on Gragas and Rek'Sai, 
and Kindred is coming back into the picture. And I'm, I'm pretty happy about this because I was actually able to play Kindred to pretty good effect before uh, she was really pushed out of the jungle meta. And I just tried her on this patch a couple times and she feels like very slick. Even when I was not playing very well because I hadn't played her in three, four months, she still felt pretty nice. Yeah, I think I just watched a recent 1v5 pentakill with Rush on Kindred. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was that was clean. Yeah, and she's definitely making her way back into the meta uh, with the force. The way she works, she's so snowball and she's so early game. And that's the same way Jace works. That's the same way Quinn works. So you're starting to see a trend here with the meta right now. It's kind of going yeah, for like sure. early game will be the decipher. So let's... Uh... And then one more champion, uh, Nocturne, who, not quite as mobile as the other two, but with his ultimate, can just zoom around the map and help anyone. And with Gragas and Rek'Sai being pushed out of the jungle meta just a little bit, uh, we're able to see Nocturne come back in. And I think he's a really good jungler, just even for solo queue. And I definitely think that uh, he might have a place at Worlds. I don't know if, uh, like, how the spot, like, how the jungle meta will shake out, but I think that a lot of times in certain games uh they'll target ban a jungler get rid of like three or four of them first pick a jungler we might see nocturne come out at that point would be fun so yeah let's move down to the mid lane and i guess the champion that i'm really loving right now on this list is brand uh he's feeling really strong right now and all it took was a little bit of nerfs on the roaming uh mid laners that because he's not very good at csing just statistically um so keeping those roaming wave clear mid laners, just nerfing Aoshin, Aurelian Soul, excuse me, and uh, Talia down a little bit has seen uh, Brand rising in popularity. And he definitely feels strong right now. Yeah, I feel like as, as Brand, if you can get your rotation off in the correct manner, uh, that being if you can use your E and then get the stun and then use your W for the bonus damage on your W as well, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy to bully your lane opponent. And then when they do get their teammate to help, your ult is so good in that scenario that you end up just being this unstoppable force that can't be ganked. Reminds me of when Heimerdinger was at the top of this game. Yeah, it's like, come gank me, I'll kill you guys both. Absolutely. Yeah, so they they just kept buffing AP Echo because people complain about tank Echo. They keep nerfing, they nerfed a little bit of his AD, but we're seeing... Just full AP Echo in the mid lane, rushing a protobelt and using that mobility to bully low mobility mages. And he's uh, definitely very strong, just full AP right yeah, now in the with, mid lane. Echo with the protobelt, uh, if he uses his W and he runs full at you and uses his double launch with his E and his protobelt, he sh- correctly, he should be able to hit you with your stun even if you just start booking it immediately. That's actually really potent. And it's something that I've seen a lot in repetition with Echo Mids. So that might be the yeah, trick. Yeah, he's pretty scary because he can put the W from so far out in the Fog of War, run up on you, E, blink, auto, protobelt onto you if you use any escapes, and then the sun still hits you, you're probably dead at that point. So another champion that's a pretty big bully and then turns into a late game monster is Kale. And... We're seeing a little bit of a rise of her in the, both the mid lane and top lane, but just Kale is so strong against certain champions that can't stop her wave clear. And then when she gets one or two items, she is unstoppable. She can literally make herself invulnerable and just three or four shot you with the Ginsos and a Nashers. Yeah. 
scary champion to face. I, I don't see too much of her, but when I do see her, she usually does well. And yeah. I'm not a fan. They're all just omnipotent. What you For sure. So, um, moving on to AD Carey, and I think this is kind of interesting because Jinx is rising a lot, and then Corky just got buffed on 619. So we'll have to see how it plays out, but he got AD buffs, and he got... um. Uh, some attack speed buffs, yeah. So definitely be nice for Corky. And Jinx is just still strong because of her ultimate um, buffs. And then finally, it's kind of the story at this point of this season. Jin is still really strong. And with the Kogma uh, reverts that just came where they're changing his uh, W to no longer break the attack speed barrier, Jin will definitely be the strongest AD carry. I'm really interested to see what will happen. Yeah, we're going to have to see how it plays out. Like, I don't know if... Like, they, they buffed his AP ratios, for the guys of you who don't know. So, like, AP Cog is back, but super attack speed turret Cog is gone. I don't know, rip. All right, well, moving on to support. We're seeing a big rise in Zillion, and I actually have no idea why, but I'm playing against these Zillions that are suddenly really good. I, I don't know if... I've just been underestimating Zillion for a while, and he's always been good. I mean, he's always good if you can land the double bombs, but, yeah, I don't really know. I think that's what it really comes down to with Zillion. He's one of those champions that, if you look at him, he's got one of the highest base player rates. So if you're a Zillion player, you play a lot of Zillion, is typically the case. So I feel like what's happening here is a lot of people are getting on the Zillion train and realizing that, hey, after I played 10, 15 games... Hitting this double bomb isn't so hard, and it's really effective, let alone the all. So yeah, for sure, I think that, that makes sense. That it's just kind of uh, feeding itself. The more popular it gets, the more popular it's, the you know the more people are going to play it. Therefore, it's going to get more popular continuously until we see yeah. it nerf. <laughs> A little sad. I mean, I guess there here's the holy trinity of ranged AP supports that are still the top of the win rate. Janna, Sona, Soraka. So Zillion is trying to eke his way in there, but you know those three are still the queens of support. And I will keep proselytizing it. Science support is sleeper OP. It's fun. Play it with any like Goham AD carry like Draven or something like that and you'll have a good time. Definitely. Sleeper. I don't see it very often, but when I do, it's potent. For sure. So, I guess let's just get into the patch notes that just dropped uh, a couple hours ago at this point. Um, 6.19. Oh, no, it was last night. Uh, We've been able to play on it since this morning, actually. What am I saying? Uh, Anyway, let's get into patch 6.19. The first big thing that I want to talk about is the Kog'Maw revert. So his Q no longer gives bonus attack speed. His W no longer breaks the attack speed barrier. The percent health ratio was buffed, and the bonus early range was buffed. And they did sort of a quality of life thing here because they uh, increased the um, cooldown of W by 2 at all ranks. The cooldown now starts at the use of W rather than at the end, sort of like how they changed Sivir's W to work. I don't know how this will shake out. I was a fan of Kogma, but I definitely felt he was an oppressive uh, character because he'll always abuse all on-hit items. So 
with the way they changed Ginsuos, he really was just like an unstoppable force, in my opinion, if he got a couple items. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous the way that it's like Kog'Maw brought um, too much counterplay, if that makes sense. To the point where all Kog'Maw has to do as the player is sit there and use the attack move. And it's up to the opponents to try to disrupt it. And it's up to his teammates to try to just let Kog'Maw sit there. And I feel like that's kind of an unhealthy play style and everybody kind of knows it. Even if sometimes the player did, you know, earn it. They earned, you know, a big 12-0 and score and now they're walking around 1v5 pentakilling. But I still think that the Kog'Maw attack speed barrier... Being it like that's that change the revert is going to like you said, the coin is up in the air. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, I definitely think we'll see AP Kogma tried, and with the buff on the percentage health ratio, uh, like the AP ratio, I definitely think uh, we'll see it. I don't know how good it will be. That is yet to be determined. <clears throat> so moving on to another champion that was honestly pretty oppressive is Anivia, and. Anivia has always been strong if you play her a lot, but the problem with Anivia at the moment before this nerf was that she was strong even if you didn't play her a lot. Like, it wasn't that hard to go even in lane when you have a GA passive and then hit six and start killing people like two-shot. It's uh, it's pretty oppressive. So what they've done is they've taken her E damage down from 5 to 25 uh, at ranks 1 through 5, and they've take, taken the shield damage, which is the extra bonus damage that uh, is applied, uh, down by 10 to 50 at ranks 1 through 5. So she won't be able to just RE and chunk you like that for half of your HP anymore. It'll be, a li- it'll be like a third. Yeah, I think that's a much healthier change for Anivia, and I have played a lot of Anivia. I really feel like just being able to immediately E somebody was a little too much damage. I think that that's perfectly where they where they hit her is perfectly in the right spot. If you um, land all of your abilities now, say a full scale alt and your Q and your E, you're going to be still doing massive damage. But now you actually have to land a, more than just a quick R E and deal more damage than the opponent could use on their full rotation. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't really offer much counterplay. So I guess talking about another champion that wasn't really offering much counterplay as far as we, we thought about it is Aurelian Soul because he could just clear the wave so early, uh, so easily at like early levels, like one through three, and they basically targeted that. They're making his passive damage uh, scale from 20 to 130 to give him a little bit of a bonus. It's, it normally scales from 20 to 97 on the previous patch, but they're having his W damage and the W uh, cost per second is uh, much higher at early levels, but a little bit lower later. So he's not going to be as strong early, but he will be a little bit stronger later. So he won't be able to just walk up into the minion wave level one and just bully people out solely using his celestial orbs. Yeah, again, I think this is bullseye as far as the targeting for the nerf. If you're going to nerf Aurelian Soul... He really does need to have his W early, like being able to turn on his W early and clear the wave before your lane opponent can even get one CS. It really destroys them, and, and then it doesn't even affect Aurelian Soul's mana pool. But they've also come through with a late game buff on his passive, as well as a quality of life buff on his E. So I think that overall Aurelian Soul won't be tanked to the ground like we've seen recently on Talia. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted to do that twice in a row with their new mobility. 
mages. So let's look at another one of these reworked mages that's been in kind of an interesting spot. At first we saw Cassiopeia being too weak, and then we saw her being really strong. And right now we're seeing her being at a medium medium level, but her healing is really the one thing that's kind of OP. She can damage you and then heal for more damage than you can possibly put out while she's DPSing you and running you down with Ghost. So what they've done is uh, lowered the W range from 900 to 800, so she can't get onto you from as far away. And then her E heal is now going to scale from 5 to 22 per level instead of 5 to 25 at ranks 1 through 5. So leveling her E will not be as important early. I don't know if you're still going to want to scale it purely for the damage or uh, how Cass Cassiopeia players are going to figure it out, but it's not gonna, the E heal will not be as valuable early is the, and late either, just straight up. Yeah. I think this is a, a really good change for Cassiopeia because... Against, um, because I feel like originally when I used to play her before her, even her rework, I felt like her heal was really strong and I really liked that aspect about her. But then they took that away and, uh, and made it as sort of in this way where it's what it is now, where if they're poisoned, you heal no matter what. And I feel like it was strong, I guess, but it wasn't really. They kind of played more towards Cassiopeia's other strengths, took away boots so she could build six items towards late game. They did all these other things, and so I feel like her e, e still being, you know, decent is a little bit too strong in that sense. It needs to be... Considering she has that giant grounded field that she can throw out with her W. You right. Know? I feel like Ari has a weak heal as well. It's not a super potent heal, but it's a heal, and it's still it's still a part of the, the, uh, the player enjoys on that champion. So they can't rob it off the champion, but at the same time, it's a little too potent in the kit. Yeah, for sure. So, I guess let's talk about a champion that needed buffs, at least in my opinion, Corky. He he feels really good to play. I still love Corky, but he just does not stack up against certain AD carries, like, at all. So, basically, what they've given him is they've increased his AD growth per level from 2.5 to 3.5, which means at level 18, he's going to have 115.5 AD instead of 98.5 AD, which is a good amount extra AD to have when you consider he's going to be building Triforce, he's going to be building probably Rapid Fire Cannon, um, probably Infinity Edge. Uh, that's, in my opinion, how you should be building Corky, at least. Yeah, I, I have always enjoyed Corky's playstyle. Um, I'm kind of a spell mage. AD carry, I like Misfortune, Corky, even Jin. Like, I like the um, kind of the reserved playstyle, and then you come out with a lot of damage. But Corky's been at the bottom of the barrel for a little while now. Um, he's still been decent if you play him right, but... He's really fun to use if you use that package correctly, but setting up all those scenarios is difficult against competent teams. Yeah, but hopefully this buff is strong enough that pro players will even pick him up, and we'll see some crazy package plays. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I guess, talking about a champion that I don't even... I don't even care about Mundo, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't think he's very interesting at all, like, to play... And I think he's only fun to play when he's OP. Like, he was very OP, uh, I think, back in Season 5 or maybe at the beginning of this season. I don't remember. But he was very OP, like, about a year ago. And it was really fun to play Mundo, but he, that's only because you were killing everyone. But I guess they're going to be doing something here to 
give Mundo more of a risk-reward uh, type of playstyle. So he's going to be wanting to use his E more. The E minimum damage is up 10 at all ranks, and the maximum damage is, is up 20 at all ranks, and his, the cooldown is down to 6 from 7. Basically in saying, instead of throwing cleavers as much, you want to throw a cleaver or two and then run in there with your W and use your percent health damage from his E and attack them. Yeah. Uh, Mundo, they definitely were doing a lot of changes with the PvE. I think they cycled through, like, um, a change at they first. They had Grievous with... Wounds on his Q, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they cycled through a change first where they put Grievous Wounds on his Cleaver and buffed the Cleaver damage. They ended up taking that off completely, putting up a Q&A about Mundo on the forums that got low visibility, and um, a lot of the community that did respond said, don't focus on the Q, focus on the E. So Riot decided to focus on the E. So we'll see how this plays out. Again, like you said, like um, Mundo had a spotlight for a time, and he was a little bit too strong. So we'll have to see if he slowly falls back into that OP, or if he'll be a balanced, honest meta top laner. Because I enjoy the idea of Mundo. His theme, I think, is really humorous. Mundo goes where he pleases. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. I also think that his kid is fun. It's all about the skill shot on the queue. But he's been just like Corky at the bottom of the barrel, so... Yeah, so we'll, we'll have to see what happens to Mundo. I guess, moving on to a champion that seemed underpowered, seemed overpowered. I'm not really sure where Kled stands now, but they're buffing his damage to minions while dismounted up to 20%. Uh, or up by 20%, because it's normally 80%, so it's just a normal, normal damage to minions while he's dismounted. They're taking the movement speed trail uh, duration down from 8 to 6 seconds, basically saying, be with Kled when he makes the play, not 3 or 4 seconds after. And they're also reducing the 4,500 range down to 3,500, 4,000, 4,500 per level, basically saying Kled cannot make as, as dank of plays at level 6, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think that Kled is a very strong high elo champion strictly because he's got a lot of team play that he can work around with. He's got a lot of movement speed in with his uh, alt that he can help with as well as just in general being able to do a lot of CC and distraction and come get me and then he gets knocked off his mount and he can use his Q to escape. So he does a lot of work for the team in that sense. However, I've been recently and i found that his w which is a passive and not activatable is really hard to play around and it's kind of it's not it's not very comfortable you know it's not one of those abilities that yeah it's not intuitive at all yeah, is the way that i would put it's it it's not a very it's not a very fun ability to use it doesn't feel like an ability it feels and it, and like i said it's hard to use it effectively and so that kind of turned me off of him i think that However, I think that I've been seeing a lot from what I've been seeing, which is a lot of all the boot campers spamming Kled, we will be seeing him in Worlds do some surprise picks. And yeah. I think that he was a little bit too strong, so they had to nerf him down a little bit. Yeah, so we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'll just reiterate. There's a sin change where they're taking the ticks per second on his poison from uh, one tick per second to four ticks per second. Yeah. I think it's pretty, pretty smart, honestly, because it allows Singe players to outplay, while it allows people who are playing against Singed not to be hit by a tick of poison, a full 
0.75 seconds after they get out of the range of the poison trail. Yeah, I think a huge part about this is being able to take the Keystone uh, Deathfire touch versus oh yeah versus uh, Keys the other one the Thunderlords because Thunderlords has the highest win rate for Singe right now in the top lane, but that's only because the ticks per second were only one. If the, now that there's four ticks per second, the Deathfire grasp is going to be genius. And we've already mm. seen a bug on the live server where <laughs> Singed Poison was uh, killing Baron way too quickly, and so he got disabled. So no one's been able to try it out yet. Yeah, we'll have to see how it works. So let's talk about the the cancer of League right now, Soraka, in my opinion at least. They've finally nerfed Soraka exactly where I think she needs to be nerfed. I don't know if it's too much, though, to be honest, because they doubled the early cooldown on her W. Right now, it's going to go from 8, 6.5, 5, 3.5 to 2 seconds, whereas on the live server, or on the previous patch, it scaled from 4 to 2 seconds. So, an 8-second cooldown on her W basically means from until level 4, Soraka cannot go nearly as ham as she used to want to, and it really gates her early ability to just bail out her AD carry if they super mess up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Soraka players were saying on the PvE, Riot, Riot, this is like a this is, you know, a needed nerf for sure, but like you're gutting her, you're gutting her. And this was back when the W cooldown went from the current four seconds to twelve seconds. So they That's bad. they ended up definitely going, okay, that over two But I think that Soraka is cancerous in the way that she can heal so often. So um, so early game, so I think that this is actually a, a balance change, and I think that this is on measurement with not being too much of a gut. It also changes the just the lane aspect of having Soraka. Normally you have to all-in Soraka first in a 2v2, because otherwise she will heal her AD carry up to full like really easily. Whereas now, if she has that 8 seconds early game, she's only going to get 1 or 2 heals off in a fight. Like, if it goes down quickly. So, bringing Ignite and going for the AD carry, if they really step out of line, might be the better option now. We're going to have to see. Yeah, I think that this is just, like you said, it, it opens up more options. Yeah, for sure. So, moving on to another bot laner. Twitch, I don't know why he even got nerfed. Like, he seems strong, but he doesn't seem that strong. I'm not really sure. So his attack speed on his Q is down to 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. And it was 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. So they've taken a flat 20% off at the final rank. It's the same early game. But I guess it's just so that Twitch is no longer popping up behind five people and pentakilling them before they can even realize that he's doing that. I mean, it's the same reason that they nerfed uh, Kog'Maw, but Kog'Maw doesn't have stealth to get behind five people. Yeah, I think that Twitch is is strong right now, but I think that he's not like by any of the means, any, by any means, like the top three eighty carries. So this is a good this is a good tweak just to bring him down a little bit late game. He's a little bit too strong, being able to come out and come out in the late game. And clean up everybody a little bit too easily. That's kind of what they're targeting. Early game, mid game will be pretty similar. 
he's basically just going to have to build more attack speed if he wants to do the same amount of damage. Like, he won't be able to just prioritize full AD right, I believe quite as much. I think Ghostblade Renans is the build that's super effective, and I don't think that's going to change. Probably not. So one final champion here, last but not least, Udyr. He was really OP back when Runic Echoes was met on him. He got nerfed. He wasn't very good. Tiger got buffed. Sort of seeing uh, even keel, like 50% win rate with Udyr, but he's not very inspiring right now to play, but they're doing something that I think is pretty nice. They're, but it's, it could be just a placebo, though, to be honest. Like, let me get into it. The uh, Phoenix Stance proc damage is up to 40, 80, 120, 160, 200 from 25, 60, 95, 130, 165. And the burn duration is going to be 4 ticks over 4 seconds instead of 5 ticks over 5 seconds with the same amount of uh, damage per tick per rank as before of just 10 to 50 scaling per rank, which means the damage is actually about the same. So I don't... I don't know what this is really trying to do. It will help his early clear with Phoenix Stance. Right, just, I was going to say... You're going to want Phoenix Stance to like switch into it occasionally to clear easier, but I'm not really about sure. About all this does is make his clear faster, but it also does probably turn some people towards going towards the Phoenix build again over Tiger. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, I think that wraps it up for patch 619. Let's move on to the PBE and what we can look ahead to for patch 620. So, as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Ivern, the, like, this crazy tree forest guy who's, like, the friend For of the, the jungle. Grandfather of the forest, man. Yeah, grandfather of the forest, friend of the jungle, and he's got this crazy candy king Ivern that's, like, made out of candy canes and a half-eaten donut like an ice cream cone. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a good splash. This, and one of the coolest things about this champion is he can create his own brushes. So I feel like regardless of win rate, regardless of success, this champion is going to be popular, and this champion will, throughout the rest of League of Legends, be really instrumental in the way that strategies work and the way that compositions work around him. For instance, because he can create brushes, Rengar will probably be a lot more viable. Yeah, for sure. And there, let's just uh, run through his skins or his um, his skills a little bit real quick. So, his passive is basically like friend of the jungle. He, anytime he walks up to a camp, he can't attack it. All he does is sort of stand there meditating, and he makes a little ring go around the uh, jungle creep. And then the jungle creep takes a certain amount of time, depending on his level, to convert over to him, and he can come back and take the experience and the gold from it. Or he can smite that camp and instantly take it. Which means that there are going to be optimal clears on, on Ivern where you can hit level 4 before the enemy jungler even hits level 2 by stealing their big buff with a smite and instantly taking it, going to your other side, like say you're, you're on blue side, take their red buff, go to your blue buff, take that whole quadrant, like light it up with your passive, go take your red buff with a smite, come back, take your whole blue buff side, like... It's going to be pretty crazy, the things that you can do with him. Yeah, the way he clears is so original and so unique. It's another thing that's going to bring completely new playstyles and strategies into the whole game when you're playing against him and with him. Yeah, and like another thing that he's going to bring is like a, a team-wide Lee Syndrome, almost. When he lands his Q, anyone that is on his team can click the target that he landed his Q on, and they will 
fly into attack range from where they are from a certain range away from it if they're close to Ivern, which means that melee characters will shoot right onto the person that he queued. Uh, range characters will be put at the edge of their auto attack range, but it's still a pretty crazy... Like, you're giving Lee Sin to Lee Sin to your whole team, basically. Yeah, it, it seems like this is going to be one of the most interesting champions to be released since maybe a year. Yeah, he's so unique, so unique. Like, and then he can make brushes, as we mentioned, and he can put a shield, sort of like Lee Sin uh, shield, but he doesn't dash to them, and then after a couple seconds, it will detonate and slow people around him. Kind of like and that's not even... Yeah, it's sort of like Face of the Mountain, that's a good way to put it. And that's not even getting to his ultimate, which is he summons a little blue buff that comes around with a three-hit passive knocking people up. Like, Daisy. Yeah, yeah, Daisy, that's what his name is. Right now, there's already been a video posted of tips and tricks with Ivern. And one of them is that, you know, the cooldown starts as you cast Daisy. So if Daisy lives the full life and you have full cooldown at max rank... She could, it'll be six seconds before you can cast her again, cast your alt again. So there's a lot, and like I said, there's already a tips and tricks video on Ivern, and he's been out for less than a day. So I think that, like, what we're really seeing here is a champion that's going to be, like, I, I know I'm being repetitive, but he really is going to be inherently unique, and we're going to, not until we see him on the live server are we going to see all the crazy things that he's going to bring. Yeah, I'm so excited for him. I guess moving on to things that aren't champions but are still pretty exciting, all the uh, Star Guardian skins are up on the PBE right now, and they look absolutely beautiful. Like, I'm a... Jinx is my second most Mastery Points champion behind Echo. I love Jinx, and I'm definitely getting the Star Guardian Jinx skin. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that the whole theme of Star Guardian is what they're doing here because they recently, just today put the Star Guardian minions up on the PvE as well. So I think this is going to be a little bit bigger than usual. They're going to go for probably icons and ward skins and maybe even IP bonuses or something like that. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I guess... And then also we got to look for the Elementalist Lux because that 100% is definitely going to come out. Not up yet, but mark my words, it's coming out. Yeah. Oh, and one one more thing as far as Lux goes. Uh, the Star Guardian Lux got a new Home Guard animation where she's, like, flying on, like, basically the particle effects of her different spells. It looks it looks really nice. And then I guess I'll just run down the next couple things. There's a mechs versus minion, minions ward, which is two axes. It looks pretty, pretty sick. A couple new summoner icons. A new Fiora splash art because a lot of people complained about the last Fiora splash art. Everyone kind of hated it universally universally reviled splash so uh they've done a new one it's all new it looks really nice and there's just a couple balance changes but the really the only one that i want to bring up is that they're going to be giving nunu a new passive with a hunger mechanic and when he's hungry he's going to be disabled he won't be able to move as fast he'll do less damage and when his stomach is full he'll have bonus percentage health uh, bonus percentage max health scaling up to five stacks. So he'll have, be able to have up to like 15% bonus health by eating and movement speed monsters. Out of combat. Oh, and movement speed out of combat. That's an even more thing. So his counter-jungling style of running around the enemy jungle is going to be even better because as he eats minions, he'll be able to stack out of combat movement speed and health. 
so he'll be able to run away and just dip out of the enemy jungle if he needs to. Yeah, I, it's, I think Nunu... It's really interesting. Nunu's in a, in a bad place right now, and they're trying to do some overall mechanic changes that will help him. And I think that this is definitely one of them. They didn't say that they took anything else off of this kit. They, they didn't, so it'll be interesting. He doesn't need anything taken they, yeah, off Yeah, they of didn't it. say that they removed any of his other things, the way that he eats certain camps to get certain buffs. So I think that it'll be... A str- or he'll be a really strong champion if... I also forgot to mention that he's going to get an increasing slow up to 95% on his ultimate. So it's going to actually increase even higher than it is now. Yeah, so, so overall just a really big buff. Hopefully it goes through in the lightsaber. I love Nunu. Like, let's just talk about Nunu for a second, because I love him. He's such a fun champion. I have so many skins for Nunu, but every time I play Nunu, even if I get, like, 10 kills or something, because that does happen on Nunu if you're good, you still just lose the game. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, you're you're only there to enable people after thirty minutes. Like yeah, he, that's exactly what he is. He's an enabler. If you're good at Nunu, you should be able to walk around with blood boil and apply enough slow and CC and tank for your team to where and maybe he's even one of those champions you can rush sightstone on and solo queue and provide enough vision that you can do like you said a lot of enabling. But you can enable all you want. If a player is not going to capitalize on it, they're not going to capitalize on it, and you won't be able to capitalize on your own action. Yeah, and you just lose that game, because no matter how hard you tried, you're new-new in the end. Right. Unless we see some new new-new build that looks similar to AP Zach. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, to be honest. Like, just doing a lot of damage with his E and ulti and running around the game early and just securing a bunch of buffs and just neutering the enemy jungler. Ever I mean, since, I, I love that playstyle. It's fun. Ever since the mid-year mage update, there's been a lot of really interesting AP items and paths that you can take on anybody, not just mages in the mid lane. For instance, the GLP and the Hexic Protobell are both yeah, items sure. that you can see on Anunu in the jungle. I could definitely see that on Nunu because if he snowballs you a couple times and you use a, like a flash or something, protobolts on you and alts, and then just pops you with that initial damage. Like yeah, he kind of lacks with his Q being a minions only, monsters only ability. He lacks that damage, but with a protobell or a GLP, that's an ability. There, he's making up for his. Uh, yeah, and if he's getting more tanky with eating the minions from his Q with this bonus percentage health then he'll be able to stand toe-to-toe because that's like an extra item's worth of stats that he's getting or yeah, something Yeah, he won't like need to build as much health or uh, resistances if he goes and gets his max 15% bonus max health and 50% out-of-combat movement speed. It'll definitely separate good new news from bad new news because if they're keeping their hunger bar up, they'll be doing well. If they're not, they'll be pretty useless. Yeah, I think the new new overall is a champion that a lot of people don't necessarily have that much fun playing but he's like a support jungler and he, he runs around he supports the team so we could see him and like Ivern is like the first true support jungler they said which I'm like you guys forgot about Nunu but I mean they didn't forget they're putting up these buffs so it, it appears that oh and there's one other thing I'd like to mention actually uh, there was a post by I think it was Meddler on potential preseason jungler changes and it wouldn't be League if they didn't try and change the jungle every season but they might be looking toward a more supportive style of jungle or in my prediction adding another uh, smite uh, style from the blue red and um, there's 
there's the stalker skirmisher and then the warding one i think they might add another one back in because they did take the purple one out because it was op but with more support junglers there they might want to carve out a niche that can go in there that's just my personal prediction though yeah they definitely have been aiming towards just a general open viability if you want to do it we want to make it we want to make it be able to work in the right scenario so support jungles i think it's something that could definitely happen yeah for sure all right well i think that about wraps it up for this episode um I forgot to mention at the top of the show, but we do have an email address, redsmitepodcast at gmail.com. Please send in any questions, comments, anything you'd like us to look at on the show or read out. Thank you very much uh, for listening. This has been Red Smite Podcast, signing off.